Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey, y'all. Seven Rounds at Hemet is back. We're brought to you by Sports Drink. The best new reality TV show this fall is Booth Brothers, as it follows NFL broadcasters as they try to make it in the rugged million-dollar industry of broadcasting. It is I, Rob Paul, a.k.a. The guy who has convinced himself Kenny Pickett can be legendary with the right pieces around him. And with me is AJ Kneecap Nibbler Marchese. Nom, 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 nom. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> so today we'll break down uh, and hand out arbitrary grades to the AFC and NFC North's draft classes. Let's hit it. Going out. To Vegas, gonna set my draft, gonna set my draft on fire. Seven, 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 seven rounds in heaven with my lady driving out to Vegas, baby, looking for a Stingley or Thibodeau. Who's gonna bat it on draft day? Who's gonna wage your future picks away? Who's gonna reach for a blue blood lineman? The home team. Let's go seven rounds. Let's go seven rounds together. Let's go seven rounds forever. And that's a song. ColorCast is a live audio-only sports talk platform that's free to download and to use. Talk to other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. It's perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news. Share your own experiences on the app. All you need to do is download the ColorCast app free in the iOS app store, create a profile, link your Twitter, be notified when rooms go live, and come with your spiciest takes. Don't even ask me. Don't even ask me. AJ, okay. Moving on, NFC and AFC North, AFC and NFC North, whichever you prefer. AFC um, first, I prefer. Because the better division? Mm-hmm. Conference, I mean? No, it's Mail in the swimming. <laughs> I know you are, man. It's okay. Draft grades are dumb. Especially when the division that my favorite team is in drafts really well and my team doesn't. It makes me hate everything. I think the Steelers had the worst draft, but not by like that far. But but the first team had easily the, first the best team. draft. Wait, oh. did you want to get any takes off about the recent NFL news uh, regarding James Bradbury's one-year contract with the Philadelphia Eagles? No. What about Tom Brady's contract with Fox Sports? No. Okay, moving on. The Baltimore Ravens. Welcome to the AFC North. More like the AFC Northsmen. 
a new film in theaters good everywhere. Plug. Good plug. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I heard the Skarsgårds are the top family in the industry right now. You're right. Outside of the Harbaugh brothers, welcome to the Baltimore ah. Ravens, baby. Um, okay. The Michigan Baltimore pipeline is a flowing, Rob. Did the Ravens have, again, it's hard to say best because none of these players have actually played in the NFL yet. Did the Ravens have your favorite draft in the whole draft? Yes, Rob, and they're going to have my highest grade, and it's an A+. I've given them an A+, too. Let's double down with A-pluses. Let's do it. All right. Uh, Even though they took yeah. a punter in the fourth round. But that kind of earned them bonus points because yeah, it's just like, we, we, we've been so on fire. We're not going to miss now. Let's go get the best the best uh, accuracy punter mm-hmm. in the class. Uh, Sam Cook's getting old. Um, but, yeah. So, ba- Baltimore said, fuck positional value. Let's take the best players available. Let's trade Hollywood Brown for our first-round pick because he clearly isn't worth one. And for some reason, Arizona's, like, going to give us one. They want him, baby. Uh, so, th- they pair Kyle Hamilton and Tyler Linderbaum together in the first round. A safety and a center. Positions that are less valuable uh, are kind of maybe not necessarily always worth a first-round pick. But I think these guys are exceptions to the rule uh, because, one, Kyle Hamilton, I think, is consensus top five talent. Uh, Tyler Linderbaum, consensus top 12 talent, and a center was a big need for them. I, I think they took the two best players available when they picked yeah. at 14 and 25 at spots where they need these impact players now. Yeah, and I mean, when you're the Baltimore Ravens, and yeah, you didn't make the playoffs last year, but you, you're a playoff roster. Uh, swinging on these dudes who, again, yeah, I think Hamilton was a top five pick. Uh, Landry Palm was a top ten pick on my board. Uh, that 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 Who cares? Who cares about positional value? And like you said, center was a big need. Safety less so. Uh, Elliot walked, but Marcus Williams coming in. But still, uh, they're going to find a way to, to utilize Kyle Hamilton to the best of his abilities. I, I think what you get with Kyle Hamilton is, for Mike McDonald, who comes over as the new defensive coordinator from Michigan, you, you get a, a chess piece that allows you, yeah, they got Marcus Williams. Yeah, they have Chuck Clark. Yeah. Um, so when you add Kyle Hamilton in there as your third guy, he can be a kind of a matchup player who lines up maybe he's lining up over a slot receiver on this play maybe he's too deep with Williams the next play maybe Chuck Clark's in the box maybe Hamilton's in the box he lets you do a lot of different things with the back end of your mm-hmm. defense and it helps that he's a 6-4 alien who could I mean look around this division it's it's Joe Burrow it's the nasty man and it's Kenny Pickett like that's three elite quarterbacks yeah. potentially yeah and so you, you need as many dogs on the back end as you can find these days um but yeah no seriously hamilton allows the, them to get a lot more versatile uh on the back end which i think also lets their their uh their linebackers be a little bit more versatile too like it takes some pressure off patrick queen if you yeah. can get three safeties on the field um so i think that was a slam dunk everyone was like yeah that's a perfect baltimore ravens pick yeah absolutely and flipping to linderbaum um, maybe the maybe the the fit was a bit of a surprise, but then I think instantly you're like, yeah, that that's a slam dunk home run. Bring back that old adage. Um, <laughs> similar similar idea, like you know, just pairing that type of move center with with those big hulking offensive linemen, 
Uh, you know, they've been that powery team, but it worked wonders with, with Kelsey in, in Philadelphia, like we talked about with Jurgens coming in last episode. Um, so they're just doing that same thing again. And I think that's going to be so – I think that's that's it, that's going to end up being the perfect landing spot for Tyler Linderbaum. It, it is interesting because, yeah, Linderbaum is built to play in his own scheme. This isn't a team – this is a team that's relied kind of on this power scheme. And I, I think you'll see them kind of change uh, – change a little bit of what they're doing purely because Tyler Linderbaum's so good in space. Mm-hmm. So let's put him in a position to become an elite run blocking yeah. center. And like you said, uh, how we mentioned on the last show with Kelsey and now Jurgens, you surround these smaller centers with hulking guards and the Baltimore Ravens have that in uh, Ben Cleveland and in Tyree Phillips uh, or in Kevin Zietler. Like they yeah. have, multiple big boy guards um and i I think you're just gonna you're gonna see them get even more uh uh greg roman get even more creative with kind of the blocking scheme in in this rushing attack and i think it's gonna be really cool and i think it's a fun experiment to see how how they they morph the 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 blocking scheme around linderbaum's skill set yeah and i mean he's already probably the they got the most creative running game obviously with the ability of lamar jackson uh in the league and yeah, I think he's just going to fit right there in the middle. And um, like you said, a good good word is to morph. Because I don't think this is an overhaul or anything. It's just going to let them highlight his ability to get to the second level and, and you know, let him work in that space. And I think that's just going to mean even bigger holes for uh, J.K. Dobbins and Gus the Bus and crew. Uh, and then the second and third round, they just they take two guys who who slid again. They kind of just go best player available yeah. with the first four picks, and they kind of ignore the receiver position after trading Hollywood. Um, but it, it works out when you come up with David Ojabo and Travis Jones. Yeah, David Ojabo is my favorite pick in the entire draft. I mean, we, if you if you listen and if you pay attention to football, there's so many reasons that this pick is just so perfect. Um, and he he's got time to sit and learn uh, and and get healthy. And not have to, uh, you know, rush back by any means. And when he is finally ready to come back, where better to uh, to develop his skill set than with the Baltimore Ravens? Yeah, he, he, he has the continuity going from one Harbaugh to the other. Mike McDonald getting him yeah. uh, in Baltimore as well. Um, Owe, obviously, played high school football with. Yeah. Like, it's perfect Ojabo redshirt year, come back full force next year. A, a, a guy who is in need, they need that that uh pass rusher opposite away yeah um obviously like not it's not uh a massive enough need that they'll rush ujabo back either because tyus bowser's uh tyus bowser played pretty well last year and they got jalen ferguson so, the sack master himself yeah <laughs> so like i think next year you're gonna see kind of ujabo who's obviously raw but has such great physical traits be unleashed as as a uh, situational pass rusher early yeah. in his career, and he'll slowly develop. And I think that's really cool. And then in the third round, they go and get Travis Jones, who's perfect fit, perfect Brandon Williams eventual replacement. Um, he is just or Michael Pierce. Michael Pierce. Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah my bad. Uh, I mix up all the Ravens. No, they're the same person. Um, they are the same person, um, but. He he comes in and he is a guy who I think should have gone top sixty just given yeah. where Jordan Davis went. And he falls to seventy six and he's a six four, three hundred and twenty six pound brute force nose tackle who has the athletic traits to play a little three tack if you need, or, or or provide a little bit of pass rush, shoot some gaps here and there. 
But at bare minimum, I think they get a long-term starting nose tackle, and they just always seem to have one. He might be, like, the, the biggest surprise slider in the draft. Like, you know, obviously Dean shouldn't have slid like he, he did, but we knew why he was with, with the injury. Uh, I still don't know why Travis Jones slid like he did. Stop, stop rhyming like that. <laughs> and like you said, this is such a great home for him. Um, yeah, at, at the worst, he, he's just an absolute run stuffer. But I know I like that ability and, for Tim to develop as a pass rusher. We saw we saw it on tape in glimpses. Uh, we saw it in spades at the at the Senior Bowl. But no, I, I think I think this is such, again again just another great home. Yeah, and, and like they they've always seem to have um, a, uh, a a nose tackle who plays a plays himself into being considered one of the best run yeah. defenders in the league. Yeah. Like it was Brandon Williams uh, who. I think they only cut somewhat recently, um, like three months ago or whatever. Yeah. They bring back Michael Pierce, who had been that for them before he went to Minnesota. And it's just like another one of these dudes. And, and I don't know. The formula, The really, I think what this draft class says is where they're just going BPA, BPA, BPA with their first four picks. They're trading Hollywood Brown for more than I think he is worth at that point. Yeah. Um, and, and though receiver is still a need. Uh, but... They just have a process that Ozzie Newsom started and Eric DaCosta stuck with where they're going to keep drafting the best players available. These guys are going to hit free agency. They'll be picky and choosy about who they resign to long-term contracts. The other guys, they'll let hit free agency. They'll cash in on the comp pick, and they'll do it all over again. And it's a perfect process. And that's how you end up with, what, one, two, three, four, five, six fourth-round picks. <laughs> and the first of, of that, uh, it goes back to Orlando Brown wanting to get – Move to left tackle is such a weird situation. Irregardless, they get his, uh, you know, physical copy in Big Danny F, Danny Falalele, uh, who, again, it's just another perfect fit. Uh, I thought he should have went late second round. I was a bit high on him, though. But getting but he one, shouldn't have fallen, uh, fallen as far as he fell. No, yeah. absolutely not. And, again, a perfect, perfect home. He just – eventual right tackle. Uh, he doesn't have to rush in. You know, he, they can coach him up. Morgan Moses can handle that spot for, for this year, hopefully. Um, and when he's ready, they can slide him to right tackle. And, again, like, like we talked about, just, just surrounding – I know this, the guard's more important, but overall, just surrounding Linderbaum with these big hulking monsters, and no one is, is more to that T than Daniel Falele. Um, again, if, if, if he's going to work out anywhere, and I believe he will – the best spot for him in the entire league is the Baltimore Ravens because they already just did it with Orlando Brown, who all the same questions, and less so because he had better tape, but similar you know, athletic questions and size questions coming in. Uh, now he's a starting left tackle on a Super Bowl caliber team, and he's been doing it, right? So I think it's going to work out. Like I think that's another home run pick. And even if you just look at value, like you said, I had him 52. This is 110. I think that's that's great. And and he's another guy who the traits are there. Yeah, he's just I don't think ready to play yet. And he lands in a spot where they've got Morgan Moses at yeah. right tackle. He's not going to have to play right away. Yeah, he can sit and develop. And, and I think a, the guy they take right after him too, Alabama corner Jalen Armour Davis, similar thing where he he's got all the physical tools. Yeah, he he's just coming along still in terms of uh, ball skills, in terms of instincts and coverage, and he he lands in a, a, a great landing spot for him. Um, where he can sit behind fellow Bama guys like uh, Marlon Humphrey and, and, and Marcus Peters, and they've just got such a great way about doing this. They, they, they focus on the positions maybe that they, they don't have massive needs at here uh, with, with tackle, corner, 
double down on tight ends, but guys that fit what they do. Yeah, and and positions are so important to what they do too. You know what I mean? And I don't know, man. In the NFL, a strength one day is a weakness the next. You know, things change exactly. on a dime. Um, speaking of, if we can if we compare them to t- t- together, Charlie Kohler at one twenty eight tight end Iowa State. <laughs> then I say likely at one thirty nine also tight end with a with a punter in between. Really interested to see what the plan is with with doubling down here. Um, like we mentioned, trading Hollywood Brown away. Lamar Jackson's always found more success throwing to tight ends. So maybe just like fuck it, let's see how many tight ends we can take. Let's get him on the field in creative ways. Charlie Kohler is basically just Mark Andrews, not as good. Likely though, I, I'm really interested to see how they deploy him. Yeah, likely more of that kind of move H back type. Yeah. Um, and, and obviously Kohler, like a jumbo slot similar to Mark Andrews, but not to that extent. And then you've got Nick Boyle, the best blocking tight end in the league. I wonder how many tight ends they're going to keep. Uh, I, I wonder if Likely makes this team. I hope he does because I think they could do some pretty cool stuff with him. I mean, just look what they do with Patrick Ricard at fullback too, yeah. right? Like Greg Roman gets creative with these types of players. Um, and, and, and you hit it on the head, like, Lamar Jackson does have more success throwing to tight ends. They don't have a lot of receivers. It's kind of Rashad Bateman's in year two, and their only proven receiver pretty much on the roster. Um, they did get Slade Bolden undrafted. Hey, they got Mackay Polk undrafted. That, that's a, I know. They make the roster there. Um, so I, I wonder if they end up kind of keeping four tight ends and keeping less receivers because of that. But, yeah, likely adds uh, a, guy with, a guy with great kind of – ball skills and though we didn't test all that well yeah explosive playability and Kohler Kohler's like a, a power forward right yeah so I, I think that the, it was a cool pairing I mean it's not like they strayed away from the process like they clearly always have a system but like this draft almost feels like doubling down and just reinvigorating their belief in their system you know what I mean because like Hollywood Brown was a bit outside of what they do you know what I mean usually typically uh they wanted that speed it worked sometimes it worked it didn't work sometimes but just, just bring in these tight ends. This I, is, I think I think Likely's going to make the team, and I think they got to. You don't draft him at one thirty nine without an idea of what to do with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, I think Odell Beckham would this would be a cool landing spot for him. That would be pretty um, cool. Uh, and then then they also get Jordan Stout, who is probably the eventual Sam Cook replacement at punter. Uh, and, and, and then Houston corner Demarion Williams, who I, I think is kind of the guy most people point to as the guy they took a little earlier yeah. than expected yeah. but when you have that many fourth round picks i'm not souring too much on your exactly your, and he's a guy who i think really does fit what they do in terms of looking for a, a feisty nickel yeah uh played a ton of press man at houston really physical around the line of scrimmage they just caught Tavon young they they need nickel depth i think i think that pick made a lot of sense mm-hmm. and then the best pick was tyler Beatty in the sixth round yeah i i'm I think that's great value again. I don't know if they're really going to get the most out of him, unfortunately. But their their running back room is so bizarre. Like they just signed Mike Davis too. Yeah, well that that's a Ravens running back. Yeah, it um, is a Ravens running back. But no, it just feels like Beatty's. They're just trying to get what they didn't get in Justice Hill. Yeah, um, um, I, I I do hope Beatty kind of carves sticks on the roster because of what he can do as a pass catcher. I think Beatty's a really good back. I think he was worth the top 150 pick. Yeah. Uh, I think in a different situation, he could quickly become a satellite back in this league. Um, we'll see what happens because J.K. Dobbins coming off the injury. Gus Edwards is, is 
a one-trick pony. Justice Hill has not turned it. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm interested to see how this running back room shakes out. And, I mean, hey, the, the, last year they were down to Tyson Williams, like, week one, right? Like Exactly. So they, they, they don't want it to happen again. Yeah. It's uh, important. And, and, and you mentioned Justice Hill, mm-hmm. and uh, his brother was the first-round pick of the Cincinnati Bengals, who I gave them a, a B. I also gave them a B. I think the Dax Hill pick in the first round was a slam dunk for them. Agreed. Kind of almost best-case scenario for them to have him fall to them. They're, if you're looking to poke holes in their roster coming off free agency where they invested in the offensive line, I, I think it, it was defensive back, obviously, um, with uh, Von, Von Bell's set to hit free agency after this year. So is, um, um, I'm blanking, AJ. Who are we talking about? Eli Apple. <laughs> Jesse Bates? Yes, thank you. Okay, okay. The, uh, only, the only good DB, oh, I guess it, Hilton's not bad. Yeah. Yes, sorry. Uh, both both their starting safeties are hit to, set to hit free agency after this year. I told you I'm milling this one in. I'm on fumes. Uh, and and Eli, Eli Apple's just not very good. So you go and get uh, Dax Hill, who can offer you safety, corner, and nickel versatility. Uh, I think was both of our number two safeties in this class. Uh, yeah, correct. Um, and a guy who I, I think can be Lou Am- Amarillo. Is that how you say his last name? Uh, he can be his 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 Swiss Army knife. The way that McDonald's got Kyle Hamilton, he's got Dax Hill. And McDonald's used to have Kyle uh, Dax Hill. Whoa, full circle. Um, yeah, no, I think the Hill pick is so perfect. And like you said, look, they, they they saw their need and they attacked it in this draft. They they took Hill first round and then they came back and took Cam Taylor Britt and then got gained Tyson Anderson late. Like I think their DB picks were great. And the thing I like about th- yeah. Those three, too, is all three of them, you can project, like, all three of them, I think, da- well, Dax Hill played nickel. Cam Taylor, you could project the nickel. Tyson yeah. Anderson played nickel. Tyson Anderson also played deep safety. Dax Hill also played deep safety. Cam Taylor Britt played outside corner. Like, yeah. all three of them offer at least two positions of, that they that they can play. Like, and yeah. and Tyson Anderson, getting him late, he could play special teams. Yeah, a big, big-time big special teamer. Look, I love Trey Flowers, but... They they saw him struggling in big spots in the playoffs. You you don't want to get back to the Super Bowl and relying on a guy you picked up off the street, right? So attacking it that way, I love the hill pick. I had Taylor, Taylor Britt exactly 60th on my board to get him there. And that pick makes a lot of sense. Go ahead. Th- three guys who are willing tacklers too. Yeah, Cam three, Taylor Britt. Three guys with an attitude. Cam Taylor Britt, arguably the most physical corner in the class. Yeah. Um, in. I, I'm interested to see kind of what the plan is with Dax Hill early on because they have Mike Hilton at nickel. Yeah. They have Von Bell. They have Jesse Bates. The clear hole in that secondary right now is opposite Ouzi at corner. Like, is Dax Hill going to play corner week one? Because I think that'd be really interesting because I do think he has the tools to do it. Yeah, no, I, he definitely does. I Ideally, I don't think you want him there. I don't know. Definitely, just not not throwing darts because that's too, uh, you know, I mean that's too but, much luck. But they, they know what they're doing here. There, there's a plan, and I like the way they attacked it. Yeah, I think both Hill and Taylor Britt will be playing significant snaps yes. by week eight. Yes, they're going to be meaningful down the stretch. I can guarantee that. Yeah. Um, and then the the what kind of slowed me? I I didn't like the Zachary Carter pick. That's I three bad. tech was a need. They needed a Larry Ogunjobi replacement. And and they took Zachary Carter, and I didn't think that was a very good value pick. I I didn't love his tape. I I thought he was a late 
day three type of player. Bit of a tweener, too. Like, I I don't trust that he can carve out a role. He also kind of... He spent more time playing edge this year at Florida. Yeah. And and dropped weight for the combine. He was 282. Like, projecting more of a, a, as an edge. Like, not a natural three-tech. Um, and I think you have to assume that they drafted him to be a three-tech. So, I don't know. Like, he's got the athletic traits for sure. But he is so far behind with everything else. I don't know. I, all, I I thought I think a double doesn't make sense when you got Perry on Winfrey out there sliding and he eventually lands in the same state. Um, yeah, that that pick really didn't make any sense to me either. Agreed. And, and in the fourth round, one thirty six. I love Cordell Wilson. Uh, even too rich, it's too early. rich for me. Too rich for me. Um, yeah, I didn't know the NFL liked him like that. I said like, there was late talk, but even I thought that was even draft Twittery stuff, not not he, real NFL he, stuff. Yeah. Now. If they took like okay, it's a one thirty six is a bit early, but looking at him, just how he fits within the confines of this roster is, yeah. I, I think he does offer you nice um, swing interior yeah. versatility. A guy who could play a little bit of tackle. That's what he played at North Dakota State. I think you project him more as a guard, but um, so a, a solid depth acquisition, yeah. I would say. Yeah, the, the the pick makes sense. I think it's just too early because. If they need someone to fill in in a pinch, like you said, swinging around there, um, that makes sense. And when you have a team that is a Super Bowl roster, if I want to throw that in quotation marks, um, <laughs> it makes sense, you know what I mean? Like fourth round, we like this guy. He's got an attitude. He's big nasty. Uh, and he offers that versatility. I think that that process makes a lot of sense. I, I will argue if you're looking for a, a perfect swing offensive lineman with more upside, though, like Zach Tom went a couple picks later. Yeah, yeah. T- also fell and into a great spot. We'll get there later. Uh, and then, like you said, Tyson Anderson, uh, a guy who offers nickel, deep safety versatility, tons of special teams upside. I thought that was a good pick. Potential, potential tight and end then, matchup due, too. Yeah. And then Jeffrey Gunter in the seventh round I loved. Yeah. Um, tested unbelievably well. Super productive at Coastal Carolina. Uh, I thought – I think I had him as a top 200 player. Um, and I, I, they just kind of always seem to draft defensive linemen. And do. I don't, th- I don't think that's a bad way to go about uh, draft processes. Like no, spending I, I, tons of pick on D line and O line. Just sometimes they'll hit, sometimes they won't. But when they do hit it, it gives you tons of depth. A- athletic testers too. It's it's a good process, like you said. Like I wouldn't be surprised if Gunter sticks and is in the rotation at some point. You know what I mean? More like yeah. a practice squad. But no, I think that's a really good pick there in the seventh. It's just that, that that Zach Carter pick really uh really kind of puts a damper on the draft. He is, especially because they need a, a kind of an instant three tech player, and I just don't think he is that. If, if they took Winfrey there, would would they have gotten an A from you or like a B plus maybe, at least? Maybe B plus yeah. probably. Yeah, yeah, because like I mean, just look at their interior group, and it's it's B J Hill, it's D J Reader, the goat. Yeah, uh, it's Tyler Shelvin. Yeah, it drops off. Like, uh, Josh Tupo. Like. Josh Tupo and Zachary Carter. Like, Zachary Carter is going to, I think, be expected to play some decent snaps. Yeah, here. like, come uh, on. Like, imagine Perry on Winfrey just, just getting a couple snaps and working into that. And alas, Rob, I thought he was the best pick for their division rivals, their in-state rivals, Cleveland Browns. Yeah. The the Browns, who didn't have a pick until the third round, but had three there. Uh What'd you, What'd give, you give him? Give, <laughs> I give him I'm a B, B minus. Same. Okay. So that Martin Emerson pick, I I thought was really, pick. really not great. Yeah. Um, I also, 
I struggle to understand the thinking. They just extended Denzel Ward. Corner's not really obviously, a need. Like, you know what I mean? They they drafted Greg Newsom, who had a great rookie year. In the first round last year, yep. Um, so this kind of says to me you're projecting Greg Newsom to be full-time nickel. Which I hey, nothing wrong with that. I I love I love a good nickel. He be uh, he probably turned out to be one of the best in the league. Yeah, um, but I guess what you're looking at with Emerson, let's go get the big long corner. Uh, kind of a uh, you're building your defensive backfield like a basketball team. You want different yeah. types of players, right? You're looking at him maybe as the guy who handles the big corners, but. A guy who I, I just think he's so far behind. He, he He's kind of clunky. Like, his feet are kind of clunky. He struggles to find the ball in phase. Like, I don't think he's great in man, which it's okay because the NFL is addicted to zone right now anyway. So you can kind of hide that a bit. But he's just, for a 6'2 long corner, he's just not that physical. No, he's not. I mean, like like you said, the idea makes sense. You know, someone to maybe cover T. Higgins. Somewhere, somewhere, someone to cover maybe George Pickens or, or, or Claypool or... Maybe Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews. Yeah, exactly. But I don't like that. Pro, that that idea makes sense. Uh, I just, yeah, I totally agree. I don't like the player. He's just not the guy you do it with. Like I, I, I understand the thinking for sure from Andrew Barry. Yeah. Uh, wanting to get that type of corner, he's just not. I, I just didn't think the value was there. Um, now, if you look at like the next corners to go, though, it was Cordell Flott, mm. who is tiny. It was Marcus Jones, who is tiny. Uh, and then after those two, the next corner to go wasn't until Kobe Bryant at 109. What, so I think player. that yeah. I think they kind of reached, yeah, be, because they were worried he wouldn't be there uh, at 78 potentially because he was the only big corner left. Hey, well, ty- now ty- I, I and Zion Palmer both better than him, but yeah. So is Damari Mathis if you just want yes. to press man corner. Maybe yeah. he's not as big, but not he's as, better he's at it. Better. Yeah, he is. Um, hey, Caleb Evans, too, if you just want a big guy. Yeah, Evans isn't that much. I don't even know if I had Evans higher. But, yeah, I know exactly. I mean, um, it didn't make sense. But it helped that the the I think the next three picks were really great picks. Um, Alex Wright, uh, who I think if he didn't get hurt and got to test, he would have gone much higher. 6'5", mm-hmm. 272 uh, from UAB. Played four I five T stand up. Played all over that that UAB front seven. Great motor, great run defender. Consistently set the edge so well. Heavy handed. I think he's a developmental starter uh, who will eventually take. I, I think JD Clowney's going to end up back in Cleveland this year, and then I think next year Alex Wright's probably starting opposite Miles Garrett. Yeah, that that makes a lot of like that that right pick. I'm a little lower on him than you were, but the pick makes a lot of sense, and I definitely agree with like he would have. You know, tested off the charge and man, blew a lot of shit up. And, yeah. No, I don't know how much he plays uh, rookie year. Um, they brought in Chase Winovich, too, the, the, the go. Um, <laughs> but, no, I, I think that pick makes makes a lot of sense. And I'm not down on that one at all. Uh, um, and David Bell. I, I'm very – first of all, I'm just happy that David Bell won in the, in, in the top 100. Just – I'm glad he didn't slide like people, you know, because athleticism. But I think, like, this is just such a perfect this... home for David Bell. This was his best case scenario. Yeah, absolutely. A, a team that needs a Jarvis Landry replacement. Yeah. David Bell, I think, is built to be a jumbo slot in today's NFL. I think he steps right in and catches like 60 balls as a rookie. Yeah, I mean, they keep, you know, they, last year they, they swung on Anthony Schwartz, the speedster. Uh, two years ago, I mean, DPJ has been playing well for them, being a fifth round. It's not like they swung, but like that was a good pick. Being a height, weight, speed, or just pure speed guys. Um, 
Jakeem Grant, they brought in speed guy. I'll just trade for Amari Cooper, who's, who's going to be the wide receiver one. Um, I, I'm hard-pressed not to say that David Pell is like, going to eventually be their, their, the second-best pass catcher on this team. At least the second most productive. Yeah, yeah. It came, yeah, I don't know. The Anthony Schwartz pick, I think, was bad. But, no, yeah, I think that like, yeah, he's, he's going to come in and just uh, catch uh, the ball. Again, yeah. you, you build similar to the what I said about building DBs like a basketball team. Receivers yeah. like a basketball team. Amari Cooper's your precise route runner. Your true wide receiver one. Um, David Bell's your jumbo slot. Can win those uh, 50-50 balls. Can do damage after the catch. Really mean, physical, rugged yeah. guy. DPJ's your freaky athlete who can stretch the field. Um, and if you want to get down to it, like Jakeem Grant's that gadgety guy who you design specific stuff for. I don't think Anthony Schwartz is truly going to. He was to supposed this, to be that guy, yeah. And, and then, like, their tight end room, you got Njoku as your athletic freak at tight end. And Harrison Bryant adds a, a little bit of nice depth, I think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I thought that Bell pick made a lot of sense. And so did their fourth round pick, Purion Winfrey. Yeah, I mean, Slid, in my opinion at least, uh, had the goods to be a second-round dude. Uh, raw as hell, but the talent there is, is freaky. Um, this pick, like, I, I, the picks on the defensive line they made between Wright and Winfrey are just so so on the nose for them, you know what I mean? Both these guys, you, it's like you've already seen them in Browns uniforms, you know what I mean? And I think Winfrey's going to come in and get in that rotation and, uh, and make some noise. Like, I, just the, the freaky athleticism is... is you know what I mean? Like that, especially where they got him, man. Like I can't believe he slid like he did. Yeah, me neither. Um, it, Malik McDowell kind of played a lot of snaps for them last he year. He did. He did. Yeah, he did. And I, I, I think Pierre Winfrey, like they did, they didn't bring back. Like McDowell's not on the roster right now, and I, yeah. I think Winfrey is a guy with Jordan Elliott who kind of takes on that 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 interior defensive line, like, three-tech type of role. Yeah. Yeah, um, like, with... It's like, interesting, because they, they've got, like... They've got Jordan Elliott. They've got Perion Winfrey. They've got Tommy Togiai. They're spending picks on this position, but no one's, like, really taken yeah, it, you know? Yeah, like, Elliott has been okay. Togiai didn't show too, too much. Um, And, like, Winfrey's a question mark, but, like, I, I think he's going to pan out. Uh, And then they get a kicker uh, right after that. Yeah, that's a bad pick. Is it? He's the best kicker in the draft. He's good, but eh, come on, like I don't, you can't take kickers that early anymore. Um, I feel like with them, with Andrew Barry, they 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 were like, we need a kicker. Let's just who cares? We're <laughs> we're pretty solid everywhere else. We yeah. uh, let's go get one. Um, but but it's okay because they get your guy Jerome Ford in the fifth, who doesn't make a ton of sense as a Jerome Ford fan, I'm sure, because he's probably not gonna play much yeah but um his style is is super brownsy like he's he fits right into into the behind that nick chubb uh, uh cream hunt like he's kind of like a blend you know what i mean like i think that makes a lot of sense and down the road uh i think he factors in but like not not this year like you said he's probably not going to get a lot of touches but in the fifth round like you said if you're swinging on kickers in in the fourth i think it's fine to swing on a dude that that fits you really well um good value here i think I think that pick makes makes sense in terms of that, but like in like I don't know, you're just swinging at this point. Then they take Michael Woods, the Oklahoma receiver, more of a possession guy. Yeah. Um, and Isaiah Thomas from Oklahoma on the D line, who is another tweener. But I don't think he's that much worse than Zachary Thomas, and won a lot of picks <laughs> after him. Um, and then Dawson Deaton, I thought was a really good pick uh, yeah. with a two forty six for uh, 
a, a backup center. Yeah, both both seventh round picks are, are good. Um, I think yeah. they take it there. Yeah, overall, B, B minus. How about your Steelers, um, Rob? All right, my Steelers, who, who draft the hometown kid, Kenny Pickett at 20. For only quarterback to go in the first round, which I think you could you can kind of argue whatever side of this you want. You'd be like, wow, they really overdrafted Kenny Pickett if Desmond Ritter and Malik Willis yeah. went in the 70s and the 80s. Or you could be like, oh, they got the only quarterback worth the first round pick. Like, whichever <laughs> whichever way you feel like arguing it, you I mean, you can be – but I'm going to tell you right now it was a bad pick. I think it was the biggest reach of the first round. Uh, I don't think Kenny Pickett's ready to play now, and I certainly don't think he's ready to play behind this offensive line. Mm-hmm. Um, Kenny Pickett has a tendency when his first read's not there uh, to kind of try and pretend he's Joe Burrow, which he's not, um, and, and scramble around. And he'll, he'll duck out of clean pockets, and he's not going to have very many clean ones in Pittsburgh either. Yeah. I... Uh, I, I don't know how early he plays. Um, I think Trubisky's a better athlete. Like, I think the Kenny Pickett athleticism is a little exaggerated. Sure, he can outrun Boston College defensive linemen. Uh, I don't know if he's outrunning Miles Garrett. You know what I mean? A lot about Kenny Pickett was, was exaggerated. Except for his hand size. That's the one thing. Um, <laughs> I mean, the talking was... I, yeah, like I, how, I definitely. How, I, go ahead, ask me I'm, a question, please. I, I, I was gonna say, how early do you see Kenny Pickett playing? Like, if I set the over under at week eight and a half. Yeah, I'm gonna take the under. Yeah, you think it's? I think they're just gonna roll roll him out. Yeah, I think I think that's just the plan. I d- I do think like Tom Tomlin's Tomlin. He's not gonna give a shit what. Yeah anyone else says like if he thinks Kenny Pickett's the guy he'll start week one yeah I just I don't think he's gonna be the guy um no I don't either and like you said seeing the other quarterbacks go oh what did you give them I gave them a b minus I also gave them a b (laughs) minus the rest of the draft was I thought pretty good yeah sorry sorry, last last little bit on Pickett seeing the other quarterbacks go so much later who uh I think you had over him um I only had Willis but Actually, I like Corral better even because he has a better arm. Anyways, um, just seeing the other guys, how late they went, makes the pick look worse. But overall in the process, sitting at 20, letting it fall to you, taking your franchise quarterback in quotation marks, that all makes sense. And if it doesn't work, you're not going to feel bad about trying it again. But it was a bad pick and they shouldn't have done it. But but, but that that process in selecting a quarterback is okay, right? You got to give them that. Give him that. Sure, AJ. I'm trying to make you feel better, buddy. Yeah, but then, you know what I started doing? I was like, well, they took Marvin Leal at 84. What if they'd taken Malik Willis there? Who would they have got at 20? I started doing that. And I said, oh, they could have got Trent McDuffie. Oh, they could have got Quay Walker. Oh, they could have got Kyrie Elam. Mm. Oh, they could have got... They could have got Devontae Wyatt if they wanted to stick D-line. Oh, what about Jermaine Johnson or Dax Hill? Yeah, I don't feel very good after None of those that. guys are from Pittsburgh, though. Okay, that's a good point. I when, when, I... when they draft, when when Jordan Addison decides to stay at Pitt and they draft him yeah. next year, everything will be cooked. If he leaves, they're not they're, 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 they're doing the, yeah, correct. They're doing the Joe Burrow. They got Joe Burrow, his college receiver. They do the same for Kenny Pickett. And Pitt um, is basically the same. Like, last year's Pitt team was just as good as the LSU team. They just didn't win. Anything except for the ACC. Yeah, they just the the reason they didn't win the championship is because they didn't have a Clyde Edwards Hilaire. That was the only yeah, reason. Yeah, and Northeast bias. Northeast. That's correct. Yeah. Um. Speaking of receivers, though, second round fifty. 
52. The Steelers take the best blocking wide receiver in the class, George Pickens. Uh, obviously a big body guy who five-star pedigree. It never fully came together at Georgia. Was injured a lot. Had terrible quarterback play. But Pittsburgh has a strong history of day two wide receivers. And I, I, I'm really excited to see what Pickens brings to the table. Lima um, Sui 2.0. Th- yeah, you're right. He, he I think, is a, a guy who... Maybe we won't get the production of him as a rookie because the quarterback play is not going to be there. But a guy who can both win uh, contested combat catches, which maybe there will be a lot of those with a quarterback <laughs> like Kenny Pickett. And he, he, he can stretch the field a little bit. And like I said, very willing run blocker, which this team's going to have to build this offense around the run game because the quarterback play stinks. Yeah, I do think Lima Sweet jokes aside because who else is – no one else is going to get him anyways. Um, the, the, I think – Pickens landing in, in Pittsburgh is like best case scenario for him. Um, and I, yeah, I don't know how much he's going to factor in as a rookie, but I think that's both okay for the Steelers and, and for, for Pickens, right? Just finding his footing, uh, keep getting healthier. I know he's, he's good now, but you know what I mean? Like just all of that in there. And he's going to, he, you know, there'll be one play down the stretch where he makes a ridiculous deep, deep down the field catch. Yeah. And it'll get you excited. And I think he'll eventually work out. Uh, I wasn't then, the biggest Pickens fan, but the pick makes a lot of sense. Then at E four to Marvin Leal, I think uh, a, another, uh, the, a perfect yeah. pick at the at that spot. Um, just kind of BPA. Obviously, Cam Hayward's been one of the best interior defensive linemen for a long time. When Stephon Tuitt's healthy, he is too, but he's not healthy a lot. Yeah. Uh, Tyson lulu has been been a godsend at uh, at nose tackle, but he hasn't been healthy a lot. So just getting a, a productive, pl- uh, talented player like Leal who can play along the D-line because he did at A&M, yeah. I think it's huge. So you're not playing um, a, a guy like Henry, Henry Mondo. Mondo. Yeah. Henry Mondo's been playing way too many snaps late in the season. Okay? Wasn't and now he's playing not, a ton of snaps too? Who's yeah, now he's not on the team. That's what I mean. Like, Leal's such a great pick. Sorry, keep going. Yeah, so I, I think Leal offers you a, a guy who's not going to have to play early Yeah. because, because there's no need. But when guys start getting banged up, he can slowly come into the rotation. He can play some five tack in four man fronts. He can play some three. Um, you can do different things with him because because he's a, a good athlete, um, and he plays he plays really hard. And I think that's the most important. Yeah, thing. we both agree pre draft that the floor is really high, and at eighty four and at eighty four, like I'm I'm liking that upside too. You know what I mean? Like if you're like he went almost forty picks after Fedarian Mathis. <clears throat> That's the, yeah, that's that's nuts. Obviously, not the same type of player, but both yeah. interior defensive linemen. Yeah, and, and if you want to question Leal's upside, uh, it's higher than Fidari Mathis is. But no, I think I think that's the best pick they made. I think that's the best pick they made. Thank you. What about Calvin Austin in the fourth I think, round? That's I think a that's fun the pick. second best pick they made. Yeah, really excited to see what they do with Calvin Austin. Again, you're not taking him there at 138 without an idea in mind. Um, is Matt, he AB 2.0? Matt Canada is addicted to. To jet sweep, so Calvin Austin should see his fair share. Um, I think that's a great fourth receiver for this team, where where you've got yeah. a uh, height, weight, speed guy in Chase Claypool, you've got a, a crisp route runner in Deontay Johnson. You get a guy with Calvin Austin's speed, and he he also br- brings return man upside, and just get the ball in his hands every once in a while. He is their Jakeem Grant. He is their Isaiah McKenzie. He's a really fun pick there. Yes, I think that's a really good pick, and. Like there's upside there as an actual wide receiver too, 
Like the yeah, no, definitely. And, and, and I mean, running, yeah. they're going to have to make some decisions on Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool in the future. So I think these two picks lead towards them not bringing them back, right? The Steelers' way. Uh, I think they'll bring one of them back. Because mm-hmm. I, Kenny Pickett's going to be cooking. Who do you... <laughs> I, who do you uh, oh, oh, De- Deontay Johnson is a very, like, Deontay Johnson, I think, is a f- far more trustworthy player. Other than the drops. No, I, I, I lean Johnson, too. It's just, I wonder if the drops irk. You know what I mean? Uh, no, yeah. I agreed. Agreed, though. Um, And then they take Connor Hayward in the sixth round, who I, I, I think this is a fun fullback tight end pick. Uh, now you've got the... The Edmonds brothers, the Derek Watt, or the the Watt brothers, the Derek, uh, no, they are the Derek Watt brothers. The Hayward brothers and and the Davis brothers. The Steelers have four sets of brothers on the roster. That's sick. Um, but Connor question, Hayward Rob. provides you a third tight end to Fryermuth and Gentry, who can play a little fullback, and it, his main focus is going to be blocking, and that's what he does well. So that's great. Is the city of brotherly love now in Western PA? Yeah, amen. No, I love that. That Hayward pick is so great. That's so Steelers, and they're gonna—they'll find him. He'll find his way onto the field. And, and then in the seventh round, they take Mark Robinson and, and Chris Aludukan. Aludukan, I think. Aludukan. Uh, Robinson is a classic special teams linebacker. He's—he's he's Vince Williams esque. Like <laughs> hits like a, a a brick wall, and is just a downhill menace. Um, the Oladuke so pick I, is I, a lot of fun, Rob. Also, just one last thing on Robinson. The Steelers have had to play a lot of bad linebackers over the years, so yeah. getting more depth there is never a bad thing. Yeah. And, yeah, the Oladukin pick is your new Josh Dobbs. Yeah. I like Oladukin. I I feel like I just couldn't get my hands on proper can, tape going in. Like I, but can I'm I, excited. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Can I provide you with a fun fact about both Robinson and Oladukin? P- please. Both of them played at three different universities. That's that's cool. It's a smart way. Yeah. They pick up. They pick are you up gonna guess? Quick. Are you gonna guess all six? <laughs> uh, yeah, I can give you two: Ole Miss, uh, South Dakota State, uh, and yeah. then and then. Uh, I actually have no idea. Give me a conference for Robinson. For oh god, I'm not certain what conferences these schools are in. Oh, they're all FCS or lower. Uh, is this in the Missouri? South Ohio West. Valley. Oh, I love the Ohio Valley. That's a uh, Murray State, baby. And the, no, uh, <laughs> Southeast Missouri State. That's what and I then, said. Uh, what, did you? No. And then Presbyterian. I'm just gonna stop. And Presbyterian. Presbyterian. And then Oladukin, South Florida, Samford, and South Dakota State. I didn't know he was at South Florida. Huh. Oladukin's like 25. And he's the. He's literally gonna be 25. His birthday's after mine. Um, Happy yeah, birthday. Thanks. All right. Yeah, perfect draft, Pittsburgh. Thank you so much. Don't forget, though, ColorCast is a live audio-only sports talk, talk platform that's free to download and to use where you can talk to other athletes and insiders in real time. It's perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news. Share your own experiences on the app. All you need to do is download the ColorCast app free in the iOS app store, create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the group. You'll be notified when rooms go live. Uh, the Bears... War Room was live. Yeah, it certainly was. They said, fuck Justin Fields. We don't care to try and make our franchise, young franchise, potential franchise quarterback work out. Let's just draft defensive players because our new head coach likes defense. Yeah, baby. And 
they doubled down with two DBs, right? They didn't have first-round picks, so at 39, they go Kyler Gordon. 48, they go Jaquan Brisker. Now, good I think picks, both though. these picks yeah. are good when you when you look at it purely for where they were drafted. But when you look at it in the context of the Chicago Bears roster, I think it's – and you look at the rest of the draft, it's pretty ridiculous what they did. I gave them a C. I gave them a C+. Plus. Um I mean, Gordon now, and Brisker are going to start early. Like, I, l- l- looking at just the players. Yeah, I know, I know. But hey, next year for Fields, man, it's okay. Yeah, it's going to be sweet when he has Braxton Jones, Zach Thomas, Doug Kramer, Jatir Carter all starting. <laughs> Braxton Jones is a classic Bears tackle. He'll be starting. He, he he's so he's like Julian Davenport esque. Um, <laughs> Uh, so yeah, you get you get you do get a, a a player in Kyler Gordon who I love. I think he gives you a matchup guy. I don't. I'm not certain they're gonna play him. Uh, like, just purely as an outside corner. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if Eberflus moves him around, has some fun with him. He's a guy who can play a bit of safety. He can play some nickel. Um, I do think like he'll be starting because of the state of this roster. Mm-hmm. He'll be starting. I think. Probably week one opposite Jalen so. Johnson on the outside. So. Yeah, uh, his, his athleticism is too much. They're going to need him to cover uh, some of the receivers in this this uh, division. And, and, and Brisker gives you a, a guy who I think complements Eddie Jackson really well. He does. I, I think they're two good. And I know the offense is it's a shit show, and there's nothing around Justin Fields. But in, in purely in the base of the players, the fit on that in that secondary. They're going to get a lot out of Kyler Gordon and Jaquan Brisker early. Like you said, I think Brisker is a great compliment to Eddie Jackson. Like you said, Kyler Gordon, maybe he can move him around. can move him around a bit. I think he starts opposite Jalen Johnson week one, like you said. Um, and that, 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 those, those corners are already better than what he had in Indy, right? Like, I don't know. I think, I think, I don't mind him doubling down on secondary. I know it, it looks bad because. I just think because of what this offensive line, this receiver room is and what, like the slim chance Justin Fields has to work out now, like I think it's terrible. I will say though, like the, the wide receivers, I don't know, like the, they went and then the There's... run was. Yeah, I don't know. But, like, do, would you rather have Wandale or Mechie? No. And but hold on, I, no, I'm not done there. Would you rather Taekwon Thornton? No. But then we have Pickens, Pierce, and Moore. I, yeah. Yeah, that the, Sky Moore should have been drafted. But I'd, I'd rather players. see them take Sky Moore than 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 Brisker. I think the Gor- the Gordon pick, like, there's nothing really to criticize with the Gordon pick, though. The 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 problem is the Kyler Gordon pick looks worse that they just again pass on receiver at 48. Yeah. At 71, they do take a receiver in Vilas Jones, who I do like a lot. I just yeah. this isn't the guy for this team. Like, I think Vilas Jones could have been a really fun pick for a lot of other teams. I don't think this is the one. He's he's gonna be a twenty five year old rookie yeah. who does his best damage with ball in hand on, on yak plays. I do think he showed route running upside at the Senior Bowl. He did. Um, he he's gonna have to be like the receiver two almost immediately, receiver three at, at least. It's like it's Vilas Jones, Darnell Mooney, and Byron Pringles, the worst wide receiver group in the league. Um. But looking at what Vilas Jones can do is he, he can take some pressure off fields because let's let's throw him some bubble screens. Let's, yeah. let's, let's let's throw him some quick slants. Let's get the ball in his hand. Let him turn into a running back after the catch. But when you factor in his age and the context of this roster, I just think it, there's a slim, slim chance this one is a great pick at 71. I agree. I agree. I thought it was too early. I like Vilas Jones a lot for all the reasons yeah. you just pointed out. 
But like Jalen Tolbert went 17 picks later, and he's the next receiver. Yeah, Jalen Tolbert would have made a lot more sense for this roster too. Yeah, yeah. I thought David, like, da- like mm-hmm. David Bell at 99. I I, I think 71 pick. 71 is too early for David Bell. Agreed. But, but it's but better than it's the shown still. Yeah. And like, yeah, Danny Grave is a yeah. kind of the Darnell Mooney of this class, but yeah. I don't know. It's just these guys all went so many picks later too. Like. It's just a tough luck. Um, then in the fifth round, they get Braxton Jones as a athletic developmental tackle who's probably going to have to play way too early and not develop. Uh, and Dominique Robbins is a really good pick at 174. Yeah, Robinson's the best pick they made. Uh, I was surprised he fell a bit. But, again, another guy that's a little bit older. Um, you've heard us talk about him many times. Convert to wide receiver, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I think that that's going to that's gonna end really? up being the, That's a good pick. Really underrated hands, great athlete, some bend to him too. I think he could spell uh, Robert Quinn a little bit. And I, I think a third pass rusher, that's a lot of fun. Sixth round, they go Zach Thomas, the San Diego State offensive lineman. I really like this pick. I think he's a really athletic, underrated uh, player who's going to kick to guard. And I think he, he, he can legitimately, I do think, start down the road. Um I like that one a lot. Tristan Ebner was kind of a the, the, strange one. It's a terrible pick. Yeah, let's. I mean, it's the sixth round. And, uh, is he's he's kind of your change of pace satellite back type, but he's. Sure. I don't know. I don't know. Um, you're when you're this team, like running backs, like the one thing you got going for you. Yeah. Like, I don't know, just throw more picks at the offensive line, to be honest. And they did for the <laughs> Even next though they year. kept doing it. Yeah, Doug Kramer's a solid six-round pick. Uh, I love Jatir Carter. Underrated athlete. Jatir Carter and Zach Thomas I thought were really good picks. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm okay with the Jones swing. Like, I like, like I say, it's classic Bears. I think this is, I don't know, not not too much too early. He could develop into something. Odds are he doesn't. You mean Braxton. You mean Braxton. Did I say Vilas? Sorry. No, no, no. I just wanted to be clear that's who you mean, right? Braxton Jones. Yes, Braxton yeah, Jones. Okay. Yes, Braxton yeah. Jones. I'm okay with that Thank pick. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, and then Elijah Hicks. For safety depth behind Eddie Jackson and then a punter in Trenton Gill. Sick. Cool. I don't know. C it plus. just feels like like even if Kyler Gordon and Jaquan Brisker end up really good players, if this like this is gonna hinder Justin Fields, it's gonna end up being a bad draft. Because I think they did so little for Justin Fields and it's such a slap in the face. Let me ask you this. Um I know it's not like Matt Eberfluss is making these picks, but does that sour you on the hiring even more? This 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 first draft. I well, I mean, it just says to me that that the the head coach and the GM maybe aren't sold on Justin Fields, but I don't know why they would take this job if they weren't. Yeah, no, I don't think that would make sense. So that's why I'm really just confused about what they did. Or they think Justin Fields is so fucking good, they don't need to put anything around him. And they think Vilas Jones is also so good. I do love Vilas Jones, but that was just way too early. And yeah, I, I agree yeah. with you that. It uh, just... I think, as Vilas Jones fans, I think this sucks. Yeah, it does. But he's going to get a lot of looks. That's cool. Yeah. You know who's going to get a lot of looks? The Detroit Lions from us, because they're yes. the new team of our podcast. You said it. Team of seven rounds in heaven. Amen. I give them an A minus. I give them an A minus as well. Let's do um, it, baby. Aiden Hutchinson. Pick of they the year. run that. Did you did you hear that apparently um, they tried to turn in the pick too early and the NFL wouldn't let them? 
I love that. that that's that's Dan Campbell 101. And Dan Campbell it. was like, why not take the pick? Like, fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> I love the so they get, I love the attitude of this franchise. It's finally got something going for it. It's, the coaching staff's just all former players. It's so fun. Yeah. Um, so Aiden Hutchinson provides them with a really safe bet who's going to be an instant upgrade on the defensive line where they need more just more QB hunters. Even if he's yeah. not a 12-sack guy, he's an 8-sack guy. They need that too. Um, plus, he gives you opposite Panay Sewell like the trench player to build around yeah I, I like that they've they've prioritized the trenches 100% I was, I was saying the same thing and if I may skip a pick I think that comes back with the, with the Josh Pascal pick they're building through the trenches the, the, I, I I didn't like the Dan Campbell hiring I thought it was gonna flop but you see this attitude going through this whole franchise and I think it's, Brad Holmes and him seem to have yeah. like to be very much on the same page yeah, I like the Holmes so hiring but yeah, I just didn't think. I thought like, okay, this is a gimmicky. Co- no, I think this is. I don't know if this is going to turn into a Super Bowl contender ever. But this is turning into the best thing we've seen the Lions do in a long, time. At least long like time. you're excited to watch them. Yeah, and I, like you said, like the attitude and yeah, building through the trenches and Josh Pascal when they took him, I'm like, yeah, this makes so much so much sense. And like you said, just adding to that that rotation on the defensive line. The they, D line is built to stop the run now yeah. with Pascal, Aiden Hutchinson. Uh, Aleem McNeil, Levi yeah. Nuzariki, Michael Brockers. Like, they're going to be able to stop the run. They're going to be able to run the ball. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, I think that's uh, it's a good good remedy, and, I guess. I like. And who, who whoever they take at quarterback next year or the year after, they get a player in Jamison Williams who can provide instant splash yeah. uh, with ball in hand or as a field stretcher. They trade up with the Vikings to get him at 12. So cheap, too. It was like... 12 and 46. They gave up nothing. 32, 34, They moved 20 six. spots for, like we've talked about, the the, the dro- there's a clear drop-off in this draft class. I think it's like right after Kyle Hamilton goes, the tier of player drops off so much. Yeah, because it's Kyle Hamilton and Kenyon Green. Uh, so to make that leap to get one of those smart. kind of clear-cut top 14 guys was right so middle, smart. Right in the middle of the run of wide receivers, too. Like we saw Out the Saints bail. Yeah. We saw the Saints bail on the position, and we saw that the Lions jump up, and I think this and is very smart for the Lions. In, in a team that's not going to contend, so they don't need to force Jameson Williams to get back on the field too no. quick, which is good. Um, and now you, you go from having just a Mon Ross St. Brown to having DJ Chark, Jameson Williams, uh, and, and Josh Reynolds for depth. Like That's not god-awful anymore. And Jameson no. Williams is going to be a lot of fun when he gets healthy. Typically, I don't love like you know trading up for a wide receiver, especially when it's not your last piece of the puzzle, but... It was cheap, and you're not going to find speed like Jameson Williams. Very and the often. drop off, the drop and the, off, and the drop off. Yeah, I so saw many I'm, reasons. Yeah, it was a really good pick. And then Pascal's one of the best run defenders in the class on, on the edge. A guy who can kick inside too on passing yeah. downs. I think that's a really slam dunk, obvious fit. Yeah, uh, I think the fit maybe helps. Like some people didn't love how early you went. I think the fit makes it make sense. I, I had him 51 on my board. Yeah, yeah. I had him right there too. I like yeah. the I like the value. Uh, 97, they get Kirby Joseph at safety from Illinois, who they they haven't really – they've drafted a lot of safeties in recent years and haven't really found that dude. Kirby yeah. Joseph gives you a, a guy who could play deep. Uh, Aaron Glenn comes from the Saints where they have Marcus Williams. Kirby Joseph is fit to be that type of single yeah, high guy. Yes, he, he is. So that, that I thought made a lot of sense. Uh, fifth round, they go James Mitchell, the Virginia Tech tight end. I, I thought, thought this was a, a weird early. one. Yeah, early this agreed. Was, this was the only pick I didn't love. Agreed. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of a move tight end. 
I think it, like I think James Mitchell is interesting. I didn't think they got a better tight end undrafted, so Derek D's. Yeah, actually, I, I just I think I think Mitchell's better, but um, it's both similar ideas. Um, I thought this was too early, and like I don't know, move tight end isn't a huge need when you got the hot uh, man. But yeah, well, it's six, interesting to see what they got. Yeah, sixth round they get their future leading tackler Malcolm the Bullet Rodriguez. Yeah, this is another pick. great Dan Campbell. Yeah. Like Derek, Derek Barnes and Alexander Zalone are going to start an inside linebacker, but. I wouldn't be shocked to see Malcolm Rodriguez eventually take Alex Anzalone's role. Just the athleticism and the sheer nuttiness of the way he plays, I yeah. think it's a great fit. I thought he was um, going to go earlier, too, especially like when we see some of these other linebackers go. No, that's a great then, pick here. Then James Houston, the Jackson State pass rusher, Florida transfer after that, who is short but has ridiculously long arms. I think it's a, a fun one. Swing. Yeah, it is. It yeah, is. situational pass rusher, maybe eventual, like the. Developing to be a Sam linebacker. It's pretty interesting. And Chase Lucas. Aaron Glenn's getting the most out of the undrafted corners. Chase yeah. Lucas is a, a, a guy who played a ton of college yeah. football. Yeah. Tested better than you expected. I think this one was a, a worthwhile pick in the seventh. I mean, it's going to be really interesting to see who is the starting secondary for the Lions week one. I think they want it to be... A pro- uh, Desha- Deshaun Elliott, I think, is going to start for sure. He, he will. Yeah, he will. That's... <laughs> Uh, yeah, but sorry, they they I think they would want it to be a obviously a Kuda, Melifonwu, uh, Amani Oruwari. They like that's their best three corners Oruwari in their eyes. Did not get Oruwari played he well. Year. He's he their did. best corner. Yes, right now, like, yeah, absolutely. I don't know. Yeah, it'll be weird. They're it's gonna a be a very secondary. watchable team, which makes it, again it makes them more fun to watch. It does. I, I'm, uh, yeah. Okay, we gotta get through a lot more picks and. Let's do it. Green Bay Packers. I give them an A. I don't care what the haters say. I think they slam dunked this draft. I give them a B plus. I'm surprised how many uh, haters there are out there. I think it's a really good but, class. Did they not get a receiver in the first round? Sure. But the drop-off, like, why would you want them to reach? I mean, could they have taken Christian Watson at 22 or 28? Sure, but they got him at 34, so why would they do that? Like, they yeah. didn't overdraft a receiver like we saw. We didn't yep. see a receiver go after pick 18. Yep. Uh, we saw Jahan Dotson get reached on at 16. We saw Drake London get reached on at 8. So they decide not to. They decide to beef up their, their front seven that's already very good. Yeah. They get a, a Devondre Campbell's run and mate, Quay Walker. They get the longest, most athletic linebackers in the league now. They get uh, Kenny Clark, a, a, a pass rusher to play beside him, and Devontae Wyatt. Like, their front seven is terrifying. It is. Their front seven, their defense should be a top five defense in the league by adding those two guys into the mix. It's so interesting uh, that, that like, the, the, the front seven was already good, but, like, these two guys fit perfect, and they're going to start and play a lot of football early. Like, like you said, Walker just slides right in there. The, the athleticism, I think we both thought a really high floor guy, too. That's going to mm-hmm. hit. Wyatt, high floor, too, and he's kind of perfect to work with Kenny Clark. Yeah, I thought those were awesome, and then it... it if you're like freaking out about the receiver thing, they trade up and they get Christian Watson, who I think can provide them with uh, at at bare minimum an explosive playmaker that can take the Marquez Valdez Scantling role. Yeah, I think uh, and like, stretch if, the field. If you were to ask me, like, just based on pure coolness, who I'd want of all these receivers in this draft to end up a Packer, I think Watson would have been my choice. Watson, Watson is cool. I, I, I'm fully with you. I, I had him uh, above Dotson and London, so I, I think this was perfect. 
a guy who can win deep with his athleticism, but also showed uh, a natural ability to make plays after the catch because of contact balance. And he, he's a bigger guy too, which is fun. Yeah. Um, I, I I think he he's gonna be perfect for Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, like some uh, of the criticism. The, sorry, quickly. Some of the criticism on like on wide receivers, like, oh, rookie wide receivers, the Packers don't work out. But like, what were they gonna do? They they wouldn't have got one at twenty two. Did you want them to trade for? I mean, I guess yeah, they could have traded for AJ Brown. I don't. I think a lot of the criticism is kind of silly. Anyways, I mean, yeah, they but, took the first receiver to go after Jahan yeah. Dotson still. Yeah. Or after, sorry, after Traylon Burke still. Yeah. Like, it doesn't make any sense. And then after Watson, nobody goes until Wandale Robinson and John Mechie, who I think... Neither made sense for the Packers. And I think there's clear drop-off from Watson to them. Yeah. Um, third round, they get your guy, Sean Ryan, which is yeah. just a perfect Packers pick. Really athletic, uh, mauling tackle from UCLA, who can either... I think he's going to get a look at right tackle for them. Yeah, I, th- I think you're right. I think right tackle is going to be the first look. And I think if that doesn't work out, they got a long-term starting guard. I think Sean Ryan isn't like su- something super fancy. I think he's going to be a long-term starter in the NFL. I think he can be a star guard for them. Like he I could. think opposite yeah. Elton Jenkins. Like I think that's yeah, money. Yeah. No, definitely. I think Sean Ryan got slapped on in the in the in the, in the pre-draft process, and Ryan's a really just well, really good football player. Some like I don't know, like some technical was, stuff, but like I think the Packers are going to clean that up, man. I was lower on him than you, but like this just seems like taking candy from a baby when you're yeah. the Packers who just seem to always hit on these offensive linemen on day two. Yeah, but you weren't um, like 92 low either. I don't think. No, so. exactly, exactly. Even I just so. I think I had him like 65 or something. Yeah. yeah. Uh, then fourth round they go Romeo Dubes, another receiver from Nevada, who who gives them. Um, a, a guy who, his, his post season like his senior bowl in in combine hurt his stock a lot. Yeah. But prior to that, he he had looked like uh, on tape a guy who possessed the ability to um, offer natural Z traits with like smooth route running at six two. I thought really good uh, ball tracking ability too. Yeah, he was like and then, a catch monster. Yeah, like he he's a fun player. Uh, and I, I think maybe maybe a steal for a team like the Packers. Yeah, I, I, th- I think Dubes was one of the more interesting uh, evaluations at the wide receiver position, like all the reasons you mentioned. Sometimes I loved him, sometimes I just didn't like him. But a uh, little early, but I, I uh, ended up on my board. But I think the, the swing here makes a lot of sense for the Packers. And then Zach Tom at 140, who I mentioned steal. earlier, is a guy who played center and tackle at Wake. Really ridiculous athlete. Uh, he's a swing interior guy, and you bet on athleticism. He, I liked his tape a lot. Yeah, I, the, I the way this. the way the rest of the league let the let the offensive lineman fall to the Packers was criminal. These guys are uh, gonna, then, yeah, go ahead. And then my guy Kingsley and Barre in the fifth round, who didn't test unbelievably well, but really great Senior Bowl week, violent hands, high effort uh, run defender, played all like played everything from. Edge to off-ball linebacker to nose at South Carolina. Uh, he is the perfect third rusher for them uh, yeah. with Sidarius Smith gone. Yeah, no, that was a fantastic pick. Like, I'm not shocked he slid, but I'm shocked he slid this far. Yeah, and then four seventh-round picks. Tariq Carpenter, who's going to be a special teams linebacker for them. Yep. Uh, Jonathan Ford, uh, Rashid Walker, and, and Samari Toure. Surprise Walker. Like, Walker was one of the most biggest question marks. For a stock entering the draft, surprised he ended up falling two forty nine. 
I love that for the Packers. I, I don't think he should have fallen this far. Messy as fuck at times, but, again, I think they're going to work him. And Rasheed Walker going there versus where Nick Petit Friere went? Yeah. Like, because I don't think they were that far off from each other. Or even Braxton Jones. Like, Walker's better than yeah. Braxton Jones. Agreed. Um, I love this. They slant all, all their, sorry, all all their offensive line and receiver picks, because they did three of each, yeah. were really fun. Yeah, absolutely. No, And then they, they got the defense early and they worked those in. And they, they had a really good draft. And Ford, Ford just to say something on him, he provides yeah. uh, nose tackle depth for Kenny Clark. Yeah. Like, I, I Yeah, I don't know. I don't think they made a bad pick. Um, and finally, the Minnesota Vikings, who traded from 12 to make sure they didn't get one of those uh, top 14 elite players, got very little value, moved to 32, and drafted a safety. Uh, I give the Minnesota Vikings a B-. minus. I also give them a B-. minus. Um, I don't love this class. I, I, f- I like Seen as a good player. It's this fine. Is about right I like Seen a lot. But yeah, yeah. It's when you factor in that they traded again from 12 to 32, didn't get as much as we've seen teams get in the past. Yeah. If they got and the Lions first round pick like, next year, money, money move. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, that. <laughs> well, like, I would have rather them just draft Jamison Williams. That'd be way scary. Look at it from this perspective. What would the rest of the teams in your division prefer? They would prefer this than you drafting Jamison Williams. Yeah, for sure. Um, Scene's going to slide in and be a good. Good football player. Oh, he's going to be very good. He's going to learn from Harrison Smith. He's going to, yeah. I think, start week one opposite Harrison Smith. Agreed. A violent striker who's got the athletic traits to play uh, in the in the deep half and, and can come down and play nickel. He can match up with tight ends. He, th- he's going to be a really good player for them. I just don't understand the process there. Yeah, and then at 42, I love the Andrew Booth pick. I thought he should have went as long, as long much as he can stay healthy. As long as he can stay healthy, this is a guy that's going to be starting for corner for them for a long time. It's funny, like I think the Bears went, you know, corner safety. <laughs> the Vikings went safety corner, and yeah, Booth, a guy who's just so technically sound, so yeah, such great instincts and eyes and zone coverage, great feet. Like he's a starter for a long time yeah, as absolutely. long as he's healthy. Yeah, I don't like that Ingram pick. If I'm being honest, I like the fit. I think it makes a lot of sense for them. At, I thought it was too early at 59. I'm I'm much higher than you. Off field stuff just also grosses me out. But yeah, I don't know. I thought this was too high. I, I do. I think I think the fit makes a lot of sense though. Yeah, the the fit is it, he he is perfect um, for this offense. I yeah. I do like that means like you're just throwing the Wyatt Davis pick out the window. I think. Yeah, yeah, which I liked more last year. So what the fuck do I know? Um, yeah, I think Ed Ingram's going to be starting by, like, halfway through the year. Really good zone run blocker. Um, yeah. Brian SMO, this is pretty early. Yeah, I thought about... Went way before Nicobe Dean. Yeah, that's... Interesting fit, too. I I think that's going to be interesting to see what they do with him, you know? Re- really athletic, really physical. And a, a guy who can, I, I think, play... play I don't know. They just have a weird mess of linebackers now uh, around Eric Kendricks. I think maybe they just got a, a plan in mind for him. You know what I mean? Like, mm. we'll see. I think the Asmo pick, it's either going to be like a massive bust and just a workout, or they got a very specific role in mind. I'm sure they do. But, and that, like, he just fills that role really well. And so. then a Caleb Evans in the fourth round, who's a big physical corner. Yeah, I don't um, like this pick. Who's not. Not not super athletic, but I think he's better than Cam Dantzler, So, 
<laughs> Probably. And uh, Martin Emerson. He's better than all the Mississippi State corners. <laughs> that's for sure. Esezi Otomiwo. That's one of my boys in the fifth round from Minnesota. Height, weight, speed, defensive lineman. I think that was a cool pick. Keep him at home, too. What's not to love there? Uh, and then your guy, Ty Chandler. Yeah, I love Why Ty are all your running backs going to places they'll never play? It sucked so much. I hated it. <laughs> Especially for, for fantasy, dynasty. Workout. But I still took them all. Um, <laughs> yeah, I just... I don't know. I, I like Chandler a lot. Um, Dalvin Insurance. Madison, if he leaves free agency... I don't know if they ever see Enwagu as a you know full time running back anyway. I don't. I, I don't. I don't. I don't think so. Yeah, it's just they had so many opportunities to give him carries. I know he's a rookie last year and they didn't, but yeah. So I think it's at one sixty nine. I'm cool with that there. Um, Vidarian uh, Lowe. Vidarian Low. That's a great pick. A really good pick here. Yeah, just a safe dude. I think at one eighty four. Really so, big physical Darisaw backup. Yeah, yeah. Fix makes a lot of sense there. Um, uh, hey, they didn't take J- Jameson Williams, but they took the Speedster Jalen Naylor, Rob, so you're happy here, right? Yeah, I, I mean... Uh, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. I don't know. He, he per- gives you a little bit extra juice to the receiver core. Yeah. Um, Their receiver core is weird after uh, J- Jefferson and Thielen. Yeah, it is. That's why I kind of just think they should just take in Jameson Williams 12, man. Like, Adam Thielen's getting up there. Imagine putting Jefferson with Jamison Williams. That's terrifying. It is. It really is. Um, they still need to Cam Bynum played well as a rookie, so. Uh, oh, and then the seventh round, the pride of uh, Columbia. Nick Muse, South Carolina tight end. Your favorite pick. He's wearing number 34 right now, which is upsetting, but. <laughs> okay. Well, it's a whatever pick there at 227. He's a, a long athletic tight end. I don't know. It, well, do they throw the Zach Davidson pick right out the window? I was about to say he's Zach Davidson insurance, actually. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. This this it, It's tough when, like, the I, I don't know. I guess we're in the minority and thinking the Packers did a great draft. But yeah. it's tough for the Vikings when they're like, I don't know. This is a very mid-draft, you know? It is. I don't really I see think the, the, the plan with it either. The Lions clearly have a plan. The Packers clearly have a plan. The Bears are the Bears, so whatever. I don't know. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how the Vikings... They're, they're in such a doing, funny spot, though, you know? Well, we're still trying to figure out what like what this new regiment's game plan is. They're yeah. analytic heavy, let's find out. But it's interesting to look at just how these different teams, the processes of these different teams in the AFC and NFC North. Like, the Ravens clearly have a plan. Uh, the Packers clearly have a plan. These teams follow their plans each year. And then, like, other teams that don't, like Chicago um, or, 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 like, uh, Pittsburgh now. Um, no. no Pittsburgh gotta... clearly has a plan, too. Fan favorites. But, it's obvious. It's smart. But, yeah. No, it, it, it this was just a fun one to do together. So, good work, AJ. I, Thanks, I man. mailed it in. But, I need, yeah. AFC <laughs> hey, uh, and NFC South next. So... Get your Drew Brees playing again rumors ready. 